in my heart, I, I keep thinking there's no reason why you would go through all that study and all that school for money. For me, it's to help others. At the end of the day, I feel like there's no excuse to not give 100% care. It's another human being. But throughout Mexico, I had a really hard time with ethics because, you know, they would tell us all these things that were going on. And to me, it seemed pretty black and white. You just do the right thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of... <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm getting choked up already. I am Christina D'Arcangelo. <laughs> and with me today, I have a very, very, very special guest, colleague, and friend. And you guys know I only use that term friend when it really means something to me. Harvey Castro, Dr. Harvey Castro. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here and always a pleasure to talk to my friend. <laughs> <laughs> It's so great that you're here today. So for all of our listeners and viewers, because we do both listening and viewing, because this will show up on the YouTube channel that we have, but then people can also download this through Apple, iTunes, etc. Uh, why don't you give everyone a little bit of your background, Harvey, that you're comfortable with sharing so that everybody knows the type of person you are and why I would have brought you on the show. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm on to be here and I'm really honestly happy to just share my background with others. I feel like my background and what has happened to me is almost like a movie story that needs to be shared with others because my end goal is to help others and I think by giving that quick background kind of people see why it's who I am and why it's important the things I want to say out there. So basically pretty simple story first generation American uh, grew up in New York City uh, my mom had me at 15, GED graduate, and she did a really good job with kind of giving me a strong fundamentals of what it would be to be successful in life. And, you know, growing up, I remember just having literally nothing, having my uncle bring us groceries, going to the grocery store with food stamps, asking my mom, what are these funny looking bills? They don't look like dollars. It's like, that's food stamps. That's how we eat. And then I remember waiting on these long lines and getting government cheese and dried milk. And, and that was our food. And then growing up, I just remember seeing my mom, ironically, just working so much that I wouldn't even actually get to physically see her. So I was that latchkey child at age five, uh, walking to the elementary school. And I look back now thinking, would I do that to my five-year-old? I would cringe. I was like, heck no. And so, you know, she had to do what she had to do to survive. Um, but luckily for me, throughout my life, she just kind of kept giving me principles and, and, and encouraging words. And at an early age, I thought, thought you know, this is not going to be my life. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be successful. And success is defined by, not by money, but by making sure that I have time with family and loved ones. And so early on, I joined the U.S. Army to help pay for college. I ended up going to medical school. Um, and then throughout medical school, I always needed to think outside the box to pay for things. So I ended up uh, reviewing books, get free books. I always ended up doing outside the thinking. Um, back in the day when, you know, when I was applying for college, I was literally uh, mailing letters to different companies asking them if they could help me with college. And I was getting some money for to pay my school. And then as time went on, um, I always thought, you know what, I need to do more. You know, that strong push to do more came from my background. So you know, not having anything, I thought, you know what, let me see what else I can do. So I started my own iPhone app company and ended up having over 30 apps. And then after that, I had a vitamin company. 
And then after that, um, I decided I was not happy as an ER doctor because of the healthcare that we were giving. It was one of those like, get in, get out, you know, don't, don't sit down. And I was like, I didn't sign up to be a doctor to be this person, just go in and out. I, I was a, do I'm a doctor to help others. And so I literally created a healthcare system in Dallas called Trusted Health Centers. And we grew it up to eight ERs. We recently sold it. But my end goal was, how can I do more for others? And so when looking at this story, I wrote this book that's called Success for Invention, the sign behind me. And it's basically kind of telling my story, how I got where I was, but mainly, more importantly, the principles that got me successful. And so recently I got to work with you on a project and I'm so happy that we met since then, you know, this is kind of where I'm at. You know, it's amazing, too, because, you know, for the viewers out there that know me already, they can see a very clear parallel track between us as humans, right? Because I didn't grow up first generation immigrant as you did, but I did not grow up wealthy. Um, uh, we were not on food stamps, but there were times when my dad had been laid off at the steel company where we were very close. And there were times when my dad worked in between when the steel mill finally closed after its third bankruptcy before he could get his job on the turnpike, because it's not like you can just apply to be a turnpike worker. You have to have connections politically to be able to become a Pennsylvania turnpike worker, even in the maintenance division, which isn't even in the management team. You still have to have connections. So there was a period there where he was working in a popcorn pretzel factory local to where I grew up and he would come home with cuts on his hands and he worked weird shifts and he was barely ever home. And then when he did start at the turnpike again, he worked around the clock because he was trying to provide for our family. So there's that parallel it, between the two of us where we had strong, we had, were lucky enough to have at least one strong foundational parent with a fantastic work ethic. And that's made us who we are today. The grit, the determination. This isn't something that you paid for, Harvey. This is something that you have in your blood, right? And this is who you are today. And the way that you uh, interact with your family and how they're important to you. While work is obviously important in helping patients. And then now with your book, helping people who are reading the book, so to speak, reinventing themselves and being more positive, family is number one to you. So there's all those things that we, you know, I feel like we're intertwined as, as humans, but also as friends and then colleagues with your medical background and what I do in research. I love talking to awesome docs like you because you actually care about patients, which really, that's truly not the norm, which I'm sad to say that that's the case. You know, uh, it makes me very sad. I, I, I live in a, sometimes I feel like I live in a bubble or a little fantasy world. I, I, I almost assume anyone in healthcare is there because they want to help. And I understand everybody has financial needs and, and has to pay bills. But, you know, in my heart, I, I keep thinking there's no reason why you would go through all that study and all that school for money. For me, it's to help others. And I really, I know I'm not speaking for all healthcare professionals. I'm sure there's many others like me, but Unfortunately, I have to agree with you. I meet other doctors and, and I can see the money sign behind them when we talk and, and they lost that feeling of helping others. 
and, and I don't know if it's just people who overextend themselves to the point where they have to work, work more and now they're burnt out or if it's a combination with COVID. I know in the ER world, um, we're having to see more patients and, and unfortunately, a lot of doctors are taking it with their own health. And so I can understand. But at the end of the day, I feel like there's no excuse to not give 100% care. It's another human being. You know, throughout med school, I had a really hard time with ethics because, you know, they would tell us all these things that were going on. And to me, it seemed pretty black and white. You just do the right thing. There is no ethics. Like, you just always do the right thing. And right. when you're faced with a financial burden of money, you don't look at money. You look at the person. And and it makes me sad that that's where we're headed. Um, you know, the reason I wrote this book is um, I was this child, scared child that didn't know what to do. And I thought, you know what? There's... A lot of uh, teenage pregnancies out there, a lot of people that also get divorced that mm-hmm. are, have children. And I was thinking those mothers need a book to help them kind of motivate them. And what are the principles of success? And, and again, success is various. You know, for me, it's family time. For some others, it may be money or a combination of. But, you know, I my goal, again, was give them the tools to succeed, give them what it needs to take. And, and recently, I did an e-course for the book to help others. And then that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, on top of that, um, since Trusted is no longer here, I'm, I'm actually looking at different healthcare needs in Dallas-Fort Worth. And I'm considering actually starting my own company in the spring for another need here in DFW. So, that, is, that is so awesome. I mean, the fact, one of the things that I love about you is not only are you a physician, but you also have a business degree as well. So not a lot of physicians out there do that. And I think it's important from a physician standpoint to understand business because there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on in business and you have to protect yourself, right? Um, You can't just assume that everybody's like us, you know, and we're built with integrity and honesty as our primary foundations. It's not always the case. And so that was one of the things that I loved when I met you was the fact that you're integrity-based you're trustworthy. Like you just automatically want to trust you, Dr. Harvey, when you, when I meet you or when I met you. And then the fact that you remind me of one of my very good friends who I mentioned to you, even before we get on the podcast, Dr. Donner, because he's the same kind of doctor. And it's just awesome to be able to work with people like you um, from a physician standpoint, but from a business standpoint and everything in between your coaching skills, the fact that you always look for the positive light at the end of the tunnel. I think that's really tremendous, especially during the times that we're in today, the way we live our lives with respect to COVID, right? And how things are not the same anymore, right? Our lives are never going to be the same anymore because of what's happened to us. And I don't know about you, but you know, there's a point this weekend where I was thinking to myself, we're never going to have the same life anymore, you know, because of what has happened to us from a COVID standpoint. And I agree. Um, a couple of things you said that really hit home. I think doing business with people that are genuine is key. And it's really hard to know who you're doing business with, but it's important to see their inner why, you know, for me, my inner why was having nothing but to make sure that I'm giving back to the community and those that don't have, um, when I know a lot of people call me and they're like, hey, I want to start my own company. And, and there's so many facets to that question that you want to make sure that you're surrounded by a team that you can trust. And you want to make sure that your goals align. 
you know, I look at other people that are trying to start businesses and I meet the two and I'm thinking, huh, one person is thinking short term, the other person is thinking long term. And that's good. But when it comes to finances, sometimes that's bad. If one person's like, okay, we just made a dollar. Where's my portion? I want it now. Right. As opposed to having two business partners or a team that all think the same thing. You know what? We're not touching this profit until we get to this point because we want to grow the company. And so often I see greed hurt the things that are coming. Like because of greed, it it halts things, it negates the growth, um, and sometimes closes the businesses. So, you know, for those that are out there listening, I would make sure that you are with sincere people, that you think things through, that you think outside the box. Um, but like you said, you want to surround yourself with th those kind of people that are going to be genuine. Because if you don't, you're going to start having shortcomings that you'll start seeing sooner or later, unfortunately. Absolutely. And it's happened to all of us, right, in business where, you know, you and I are trusting people. You know, we have our eyes wide open. We're paying attention. Stuff isn't slipping by us. Trust and believe that. But the point is, is that we start on the basis of trust, right? Because if we can't have that basis, then why are we doing what we're doing, right? And I today, I actually just shared a trailer for um, Inner Circle, which is a cannabis uh, group of professionals. It's just like it sounds in our circle and it's about trust and integrity. So it's about working with individuals in the space of medical cannabis from a professional standpoint for medical purposes where we can trust everybody that's in the group to say and do what they say, right? So there's a lot of people in multiple industries, right? I know you've run into them Harvey, where people are like, oh, I can do this and I could do that. And then you start talking to them and you start like watching things and you realize that they won't really do what they say and they don't have the skill sets to do it. And it's like, man, I just wasted a couple of weeks talking to this cat for no reason because <laughs> they're not doing anything that they said they were going to do. Uh, you know, I always say, uh, is in the pudding. Let's see what they do. You know, they can say one thing, but if they end up doing another, then you know where their heart is and where their goals are and what they're going to do. Um, with that said, I try to be optimistic with every person I meet and give them the benefit of the doubt. And I think you're the same way. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, sometimes we get burned by the yeah. people. And, and, but what I love about us in general is that we give. And as long as we're giving, I know that that makes us happy. Um, as well, we move forward and we get burned, I think we're getting smarter and we're able to filter those people out more and more. So that's good. Absolutely. And I was going to say, speaking of giving, you sit on the board for Affinity Patient Advocacy, which is tremendous to have you on the board because you and all the board members, including myself, give our time freely to the board to work on various initiatives that we're working on. But the number one reason why we're there is to help patients and we're supposed to help them with their journey, whether or not it's a medical journey or if there's something else going on where they need referrals, et cetera. Those are the things that we do as a board is to try and help people. So you give back to us along with all the other organizations that you give back to throughout the United States with your career. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun. I feel blessed that, um, Feel so somewhat young and doing a lot of things. Um, I always joke with my kids, or my kids joke with me that you know they don't see me ever retiring. They always see me doing something. Um, I joke with them back and say, you know, I could see myself eventually in a nursing home, 
and <laughs> telling all the patients there that I'm their doctor and I'm going to be going around from room to room checking on their meds and things like that. Being a doctor there, and uh, I and I joke, but I can actually see myself one day <laughs> in that role because that's just the person I am. Um, so I'll probably be working until the day I die in a good way. I could I could see you doing that. That's why I was giggling because that's just the way you are. Your heart is very pure, and you know I'm honored to be your friend because I get to see that side of you. You know I get to see the business side and the work side, but then I get to see you as who you are as a human, and that's just so I'm so blessed to be able to see that because you truly do have a pure heart, and I can see you doing this when you get older. Trying to help people because, hey, I remember this or that, or I may have treated X, Y, Z back in the day, but, 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 I mean, all those things that you've built in your toolbox will definitely help in the future. Um, <laughs> but I don't think you're going to be in a home, quite frankly. Your kids aren't going to make you go into a home. They're going to want you to be home with them. It'll be whose kid, you know, whose house you live in out of your kids because you have more than one. So they're going to have to buy for, you know, where it is that you end up living. I don't think you're going to be in a home. (laughs) And I have one kid. So, you know, Christian, I tell him all the time, I'm not going in a home. (laughs) Just so you know. Um, (laughs) So you better have a nice place for me. When uh, you get older, you've got to work hard. So I have a nice place to live just like, you know, I do for you now, right? And you do for your kids. So I think it's tremendous that your kids have the influence of your mom, you know, too. the old school way of life. You know, that's one thing that I miss with my dad, right? Because, you know, he passed in 15. So Christian doesn't have that physically anymore with him. But he often talks about the things he's learned from my dad. And then I think he sees my work ethic in the way I am. He knows that's because of my father. And I know the kids have to know that you are the way you are because of your mom. What what a tremendous way to give back to our parents. You know, you said something earlier about working hard and grit. And, you know, I did a lot of uh, reading and studying, hiring different people. At one point, we had over 400 employees. And one of the key questions when you meet people that you want to work with is what is what generation are they from? Because you you and I are older and our work ethic is we work, 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 and not saying anything that young people don't work, but they work differently and they work hours and and they don't communicate like you and I do. You and I do like phone call, all right, let's do Zoom. But millennials are more likely to send, I get texts sometimes like 8, 10 o'clock and I'm like, why are you texting me? And this could wait and this could be a meeting. (laughs) Sometimes that's the mode is texting. Uh, And so... I just I enjoy talking about that subject just in general, just because we all work differently. We all listen differently too. you know, you and I could be straightforward and say, Hey, you did X, Y, and Z wrong. Uh, but with someone else, another generation, you have to word it differently or sometimes they won't understand. Right. So, from a healthcare point of view, it's been interesting too. hiring an older doctor versus hiring a younger doctor. The older doctor is like, okay, someone call in sick. I will work. I will work every day, whatever it takes. And then the younger generations that are coming through residency right now, they're like, well, you know, I need to make sure I have time off and I don't work weekends, I don't work nights, this is hours <laughs> I will work. And it's just a total different mindset. So it's interesting. And not that one is right or the other one is wrong. Right. 
they're right in that they have different priorities and they're seeing the world differently. So it's just kind of an interesting dynamic to always think about. Well, and I think it's an excellent quality quality in a leader to be able to adapt based on the people you're working with. So I love that you brought this point up because it feeds right into business discussion, right? The fact that here you are, a physician with all of these awards and accolades and years of experience, but you also have a business degree. So you look at things that I feel personally in a different way than somebody else that's just no offense to my physician friends out there that don't have a business degree um, that are just grinding, you know, through the day of treating patients or running clinical studies. You know, most of my guys are either doctors treating patients through the nonprofit, you know, the patients that come through that I'm friends with and I work with, or the clinical research physicians, right? Medical monitors, safety monitors, et cetera. So I split myself across the road here. But what I love about you is the fact that you sit back and go, okay. I'm going to meet this person where they are and where they're coming from rather than saying, no, no, this is the way I do things because that's how it was when we were coming up, right? In the industry, you know, in our industries, like, listen, you didn't, you didn't dare say to your boss, oh, well, I'm not working past five o'clock or yeah, you know what? I'm not delivering that project on Saturday because I don't work Saturdays. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, working at J&J and telling my bosses, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I can't work on that, blah, blah, blah. And we're a global company. We worked all around the clock. I still work all around the clock and I'm old now. <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting. I, um, I try my hardest to stop working. Like I put mental stops. I make sure I'm putting time with family and making sure I'm at the sporting events and doing quality things. Um, it's hard when you and I are cut from the same cloth, but we're just like used to working. Um, right. I, I don't turn it off. And, it, and my fiance sometimes gets on me and says, hey, take a break, stop. You know, like, don't think about anything. Just enjoy life. Just right. Watch. So, um, unfortunately, in a, in a good and bad way, I'm always kind of thinking of, uh, solutions to problems or new ideas or new things and it's almost it's almost bad but at the same time it's good because I, I that's what keeps me happy and healthy is that i'm using my mind and i'm right to work. I, I can't imagine not working on something and that's why i think even when i'm you know so-called retired i'm, I'm still gonna be working because I, I just can't stay still no that's <laughs> a vacation I, I can't take that time off and then just sit there and do nothing i need to do something with my mind. Or That's right. That's right. And then the kids are probably like, when you do take the time off and you're all in their space, you know, whoa, dad, <laughs> I've got this, like, go back to doing whatever you're doing. Cause I'm doing this. Um, I see it with Krish at times, you know, there are times when he's like, mom, don't you have some work to do? Why, why are we sitting down watching whatever we're doing? Right. And I'm like, Hey, I'm spending time with you. <laughs> I've clocked out, you know, for the day and I need to spend some time with you because listen, we, we're not helicopter parents, you and I, you know, we're in it, you know, and we're there and we're trying to help these kids, you know, and we're trying to show them what it's like to work hard, but also have that division of time for our family because it's important that they see that too. It's not about, the materialistic things that we provide to these kids. It's not about, 
the glamour, you know, being on set, say, or being in an award thing or being at an event or whatever, because we are there. No, it's about everything that makes us up who we are. And it's about our foundation. And that's what's important for these kids, because we're raising these kids to come up after the kids that we're working with now. <laughs> yeah, I, I encourage everybody out there, you know, we don't know about tomorrow. I don't know if I'll be around tomorrow even. I mean, things happen. But what I do know is that I can always make sure that every day I do things that, you know, I call my mom or call my kids or do something for me that I know is fruitful and that it's not like I'm running a rat race and not having time for my own loved ones. Um, I make sure that every day I do something for uh, my fiance or do something for my kids. It, it could be mine and be a text saying, hey, daddy loves you, you know, mm -hmm. or something. And I encourage people to do that because you don't want to go a lifetime and then be like, oh my God, when was the last time I did X, Y, and Z? That's absolutely right. So with that, I am going to have to say goodbye because you and I can talk forever. And I promised you because I know that you have another meeting behind this and you squeezed me in. <laughs> I appreciate that you squeezed me in. Um, but I think it's also important that this is the way we end the podcast because it's important. Uh, it's a very, very important lesson. And if they, if people who are viewing us today or listening uh, to us, they should definitely either buy the paperback or buy um, the web book, um, the ebook on Amazon success reinvention, because I read it uh, shortly after I met Dr. Harvey Castro. And, you know, I, I still keep it on my nightstand. I haven't told Harvey this, but I keep it on my nightstand. So at the end of the day, if there's points where I feel like, hmm, you know what, I need to redirect myself a little bit, because as an entrepreneur, a CEO, and in my case, a, a single mom, there's a lot going on, right? And so sometimes I just need to pick the book up and open it up for myself mentally. So I would encourage people to buy your book. I mean it um, from the bottom of my heart. I would never plug it if it sucked. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> see, this is a great way to end it. We're giggling like we always do. <laughs> um, so thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Castro, for joining me today. And for all of our viewers and supporters and listeners, thanks so much. You guys have already downloaded the podcast. I think we're over 100 downloads already. We just started this process. So thank you so much for joining us in this journey. But also thank you, Dr. Castro, for contributing to the I Am Christina D'Arcangelo podcast. Thank you.